What's up ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. C from The C Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecreport.com. At thecreport.com you can get more information on The C Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to thecreport.com, that's www.thecreport.com, and be sure to follow us on our social medias, Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub, and Pilt.net. We had an election that was stolen from us. It was a landslide election, and everyone knows it. You and I saw with our own eyes and spread a web of lies, and the whole world saw with our own eyes. This was a fraudulent election. Lies, 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 fake news. You and I saw with our own eyes. Lies, 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 fake news. We're going to walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. But they failed. And on this day, remembrance, we must make sure that such attack never, never happens. They failed. Reaching the Capitol, American flags on poles being used as weapons. We're going to have somebody in there that should not be in there, and our country will be destroyed. Our country has had enough. We will not take it anymore. They failed. He can't accept. He lost. He lost. He's not just a former president. He's a defeated former president. You and I saw with our own eyes. We spread a web of lies. And the whole world saw with our own eyes. This was a fraudulent election. Lies, 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 fake news. You and I saw with our own eyes. Lies, 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 fake news. We're going to walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. He can't accept he lost. It was a landslide election. Come on, man. When you catch somebody in the fraud, you're allowed to go by very different rules. Is that what you thought? It's wrong. It's undemocratic. And frankly, it's un-American. Just in a nutshell, so stupid. So stupid, these people. Think about it. This wasn't a good course. This was an armed insurrection. You'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to be strong. They failed. He can't accept he lost. He lost, literally erecting gallows to hang the vice president of the United States. You and I saw with our own eyes and spread a web of lies and the whole world saw with our own eyes. This was a fraudulent election. Lies, 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 fake news. You and I saw with our own eyes. Lies, 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 fake news. We're going to walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Hello, 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 one and all. And welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to another edition of The C Report. I am your host, Mr. C, also known as Michael Aaron Gossetis, and it is great to be here with you this evening. Uh, come on in and uh, join us on our 400 episode. I mean, it's a milestone, but it's not, you know. I mean, there's 365 days in a year, and I've been on the air for two years. Somehow, it just does not add up. <laughs> a 
anyways uh anyways guys so as i was saying welcome on in guys and uh come on you know incidentally today is also my mother's birthday happy birthday mommy dearest i love you muchos um but yes ladies and gentlemen we are here today at this hour at this time uh to talk about uh some we're gonna talk about some news and some headlines ladies and gentlemen as i continue to share some of the uh, information i come across on the interwebs as i scavenge and prepare for such moments as these to be here with you all for some uh, unknown reason for reasons known only to the host eh, maybe not but either way guys before i get a little too goofy uh, thank you for joining us if you're over at Rumble, Odyssey, Twitch, Trovo, uh, Pill.net, Foxhole. Great to have you all with us again tonight. Uh, started off there with the Remix Brothers. You know, I, I really feel like I could, I could use it, right? Like, like I'm not already, right? But Remix Brothers, right? That's, that's the little ditty that you guys heard at the beginning of this uh, um, show today. Actually, you know, it's kind of cool because, you know, not that I'm like boosting Spotify or anything like that, but, you know, like since my show still comes on that platform and now it has a video, uh, video synchronicity or whatever. Anyways, you know, you go listen to podcasts at Spotify and you listen to music, right? Uh, I mean, if you have it, if you support it, whatever. Anyways, but uh, it, it uh, supports video uploads. So, you know. Now the people at Spotify who are in the audience can actually see this ugly mug. Okay, that's not the benefit. What what what, what is cool is uh, you could see that Remix Brothers music video that goes along with the song, you know? It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. I really enjoy that kind of, uh, I don't know, that kind of rift, right? The uh, the political, memeage, uh, musical, uh, remix kind of stuff. That's always fun. It's always been one of my favorites. Uh, but yeah, I could really play that one particular ditty, uh, the fraudulent election one from the Remix Brothers. I could play it every day up until we correct 2020 or every day through the election, something like that, you know, but I'd probably... I would probably uh, receive a cease and desist, a cease and desist letter at some point. So, and try and at least you know, Remix Brothers—they're Canadian, so you don't have to worry if they're on your political side of the team. <laughs> Anyways, guys, why are Canadians so damn talented? That's what I want to know. <laughs> All right, y'all. So, uh, yeah, fraudulent elections, ladies and gentlemen. That's what it's all about, uh, they say. At least these days it is, um, it should be. Uh, as we uh, continue on this path to course correct uh, all the errors of those that came before us, right? No, 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 no. You see, that's what I'm talking about. We're in an era where we accept responsibility for our own actions and our own doings. And so we have to course correct because we can't blame the people from, from the past, even though I just did, right? You know, it's like, it's because of our forebears that we are where we are. What do you think that your great-grandchildren are going to be saying, right? If we don't restore the Republic, they're going to be saying the same thing, right? They're going to be like, it's because of our great-great-great-grandfather that we have returned to the chains that uh, they supposedly had once been freed from, right? 
That's an overall, that's a totally inclusive reference to slavery of humanity, not just a specific ethnicity or, uh, you know, pigmentation. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, we have to course correct. That's what we're doing to the best of our ability. And so, you know, the, the we are just not shy of election stories you know, to share with you guys uh, so that we can continue to, um, I will say, attempt to educate the sleeping, the uh, willfully ignorant, the curious even. Because who's going to share these stories if we don't, ladies and gentlemen? Who is going to document these histories if we don't? Big picture. So, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm so glad for it. You know, I can tell you one thing, guys, in the last, what, five years or so, election integrity has not once slid, you know, into the number two position, right? Election integrity has been in fashion. It's been in season for like five years now, guys. And look at what, what's going on right now, okay? So, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm probably coming off with much optimistic overtone, overtonage to this uh, little open here. But guys, you know, um, I'm proud of you all. I'm proud of all of y'all. I am proud of all of y'all. You know, I've said I'm proud of you guys because, you know, one of the first and one of the most easiest ploys that globalist-influenced deep state henchmen can do to a movement because you know when you're talking about a movement you're not you're you're talking you're not just talking about you know a whole bunch of random people you are also talking about an idea right but it's not the idea that the establishment will exploit or use or a, a target it's the people who work behind that idea and uh <sighs> They've been pretty successful running their demonization campaigns in the past against patriots. Oh, the militia. Oh, they're right-wing extremists. They're fanatics. They're going to kill everyone and they're going to um they're going to uh use their weapons of war, right? And their uh their their semi-automatic weapons <laughs> against everybody. You know? Oh, got to get rid of, you know, those, those crazy militias, right? Oh, those tea partiers, those tea partiers, they just want to start a bloody civil revolution. They, they want to secede, they want to secede from the nation like they're Texas, but like, you know, they're all over the nation. <laughs> And they, they want to lead a bloody revolution onto the Capitol. And uh, they even have a retired general named Valerie that will lead the charge of a bloody revolution. His words, not mine. Oh, wait, I forgot. The demon demonization campaigns for the mainstream, lamestream, 
shame stream, fake news, mockingbird propaganda, legacy press. The easiest way for them to run a demonization campaign is when they actually are able to either A, infiltrate the movement, again, the influence or exploit the people behind the idea, right? Or who carry the idea. Or if they don't uh, totally like uh, exploit the people, they will uh, infiltrate it and they'll let their actors, their, uh, their internal operators, they'll let them ruin the party, right? Especially the ones that have worked in psychological operations they tend to know a lot about how to do this kind of thing, right? And uh, look down their nose at everyone else while they're doing it. But, you know, I got to admit, General Vallely does come off like a very humble and a very grateful man when he's having his brain picked by all of the other patriots that are running operations and sharing information as well, you know? And, uh, yeah, you know, that's where he's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm General Vallely and I uh, led and trained the Syrian Free Army, you know, the one that's made up of all of the enemies of America, you know, the one that's uh, made up of all the people on the terrorist watch lists, you know, the one that's made up of all of the uh, organizations that the CIA and other intelligence agencies created in order to do their little uh, schemes, their little schemes in the Middle East, right? That's why all it's all our fault, right? Are we going to accept responsibility for what the CIA did, America? I think we should. Okay, because it's not until we take responsibility for what they did in our name with our money that we will truly internalize the reasons why we should give a damn about what these people are doing in this nation and on this planet. Point blank, period. So anyways, guys. Anyways, yeah. Whoa, right? What's going on, Relanon? Thank you for the 117 gold pills. Java Java's job is in the house. Guys, you know, I gotta say, today is a new day. It's not like yesterday, right? But even yesterday, I uh, was so fortunate to be able to just let a load off. And you know, guys, if, if anyone followed me throughout the day yesterday, I ran late on Lone Star News. Okay, we went an hour over on Lone Star News. We went an hour over on uh, the C Report, okay? <laughs> I mean, this is known, ladies and gentlemen. Things run late sometimes over at Mr. CTV, but goodness me, oh my, oh, um, yesterday was a very, very, yeah, it was, it was one of those days, but you know, when I got on over to the Speak Uneasy's channel, um, and we did our show, This Is News, with, uh, uh, you know, uh, extra exclamation point, extra question mark, exclamation point, question mark, this is news, anyways. Uh, was able to take a load off. So uh, very grateful for that. And, and you know what? There'll be another chance to just let off a little bit of steam, right? And uh, that'll be at midnight tonight here at Mr. CTV because uh, we'll have another episode of The Pressure Valve, which has absolutely nothing to do with anything that I'm about to talk to you guys about. So you better pay attention, okay? <laughs> just kidding. I mean, you can always catch the replay, right? Anyways, so uh, let's 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 carry on. Let's carry forth. I got. Uh, yeah, we'll see what we are gonna do as far as tonight goes. You know, guys, timing is everything, right? And by that, I mean, Mister C, shut up. You need to stay on time. Okay. So, all right, let's get on into our uh, 
our uh, episode for today. You know, actually, I was going to tell you guys that uh, um, trying to keep track of this as of today, uh, October 27th, 2022, we've had uh, 10 million early voter mail-in ballots go in. Just so you guys know, we're keeping track. All right, 10 million. 10 million Americans chose not to vote on election day. I'm just saying, okay? <laughs> Do you see why we need every member of this audience to vote on election day? Because even though 10 million have voted, just you wait. Just you wait until... Do you want to be part of that tsunami? Okay? Because if you vote early, you're not part of the tsunami. Okay? The red tsunami is uh, people who are voting on election day. And you watch the numbers that they report across the board. I'll make a prediction. Uh, every straight, every state across the board are going to see higher numbers on election day than they've ever seen in their history. How about that? <laughs> That's what I predict. And I don't like to make predictions, right? I don't like to make predictions because then you end up looking super foolish when you're like, the year 1999 is the end of the world. <laughs> and we have to do everything we can before we get there because it is prophesied. And to that end, I will be in Antarctica, right? Trying to survive whatever the end of the... Yeah, you don't want to look like that, guys, because guess what? It's 2022. <laughs> And the man who said the world was going to end in 1999 is still touring with his band with his head down to this day. <laughs> Anyways, guys. Anyways. Okay. So let's get into tonight's show. Let's get into tonight's show. We have, uh, well, you know, as you all know, Trump leads at the sea report because it's important to hear the words of your president, no matter who it is. That's the clause that, you know, gives us a little bit of that um, discombobulated type of, you know, uh, cognitive dissonance. Wait, what do you mean, no matter who it is? Oh, patriot, didn't you know? It's important for you to know and hear the words of your president, wise people have said in the past. And uh, no matter who it is. Now, it just so happens, if we recall, and for anyone who might be catching this broadcast for the first time, um, it just so happens that the 2020 election was stolen, guys. Did you know that? <laughs> it was stolen. You know, I mean, I, I was, uh, I was, I was, you know, nigh corrected by some of my audience members on Twitch who are very, they're like me. They're very astute with their words and language, right? And so they're like, there's been no proven fraud. There's been no proven fraud there. And, you know, after I was beating myself up over and over, like, why does this person keep telling me this? And I'm showing them all of this evidence. You know, uh, it's because technically speaking, it has not been found to be fraud because no one has been able to rule on it. And, you know, generally speaking, the audience member was making a correct statement. So I was like, you know what? It's broken law then. Okay. <laughs> Whatever it is. The point of the matter is, you, you, you might be right, Twitch goer. You might be right. We cannot necessarily call it fraud. But you know what? You know, when you see certain patterns and these patterns develop and they grow and they expand and they pop up in places that should be totally independent, if it is indeed not some type of scheme or not some type of uh, overall and encompassing, you know... Um, operation, 
if you want to put it that way, you know, then, then, then it should not make no matter. But you know what? Patterns exist for a reason too. And you know what? Not only the paranoid see patterns. So with that said, guys, that's why we share the evidence, what I call evidence, which is what they call discovery or what they call, well, when we investigated this, these were our findings. That's why we share it here at the Sea Report as much as possible. Because you know what? We need a reference point, right? So uh, anyhow, guys, let's get into President Trump's statements for today. We only got two, two more coming from the desk of Donald J. Trump. And you know what? If CNN ain't going to do it, if Fox News ain't going to do it, if ain't nobody going to do it in that lamestream, shamestream, mockingbird world, then we're going to do it. All right. From President Trump's Truth Social, he truthed this today, ladies and gentlemen. Virginia, vote for Yesley Vega for Congress, a strong Republican voice against violent crime and all other of the things that are destroying our nation. Yesley will make you proud. Common sense policies is what we want. And now her radical left opponent, Abigail Spanberger. <laughs> oh, no, not another burger, guys. We got another burger in the house. Is she as bad as Raffensperger? I don't know. He's a pretty rotten burger. But uh, according to President Trump, her radicalist opponent, this Abigail Spanberger, is a disaster. A disaster on crime. Will defund our great police and destroy our Second Amendment. Votes with Biden. Almost 100% of the time, Yesley Vega is a warrior for America first and has my complete and total endorsement. First statement coming from President Trump, ladies and gentlemen, is in fact an endorsement for Yesley Vega. You know, I'm probably saying that wrong, <laughs> which is utterly sad as I am of the Hispanic heritage. No, no, I'm saying it right. Yesley. That's the way that people from Mexico say Leslie, just so you know. Just kidding. <laughs> that was so wrong in so many ways, guys, because you actually need two L's in order for the English name Leslie to turn into Yesley. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways. Okay. So, uh, hold on. I need to, uh, inspect something here real quick. I thought I downloaded that app to my phone already. Okay, never mind. Uh, no, we can still do it. No, no, no. I need to keep my eyes on you guys. Turtle Burger, Spam Burger, Turtle Burger, Leslie Burger. Oh goodness. I I went to college with a guy named Michael Burger. <laughs> so anyways, hold on. I need to uh, pull something up real quick in my own little good times. And, uh, okay, let's see what we got going on here. What's going on here that is so important right now? Hmm. 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 Sorry, we're taking a pause, ladies and gentlemen. We are taking a pause. So that I can conduct some uh, important and non-essential, possibly, Activities live on the air. Okay. Oh, so cool. 
Okay, well, let's do this, guys, because we're, uh, what are we doing? We are, uh, I don't know, if, I don't, it says it's live, hold on, let's see. Guys, I hope you don't mind, I, you know what, I normally don't do this. <laughs> I normally don't do this, I have, o I only ever do this for President Trump, you guys know that, okay, but let's see what's up here, hold on. You guys know I only do this for President Trump, but this is kind of cool. So, uh, go there for ye, O website, to frankspeech.com. It's okay. It's election related. I promise you. It's even better than that, y'all. It's even better than that. It is related to the very salvation of our states. Let's see. Is it Lindell TV? One? Oh, you know, I need to get set up for good sound. What am I thinking? Um, one for one. Let's do that. Okay, cool. And let's do this. All right. Just because it's live, guys, and it came across my desk while I was live. Let's check this out real quick. Hold on. But not the second. Because they're federal questions, it is a rocket docket to the Supreme Court of the United States to discuss these machines. Wow. Now, so just so everybody understands, you're running for secretary of state in Ohio as an independent. So you're on the ballot. Yes, I am, because unfortunately, we've learned the hard way as conservatives that not every Republican is really a Republican. And um, the incumbent in my state um, is anything but a conservative. Uh, he doesn't stand up for conservative conservative values. He believes these machines are necessary. And because President Trump won, um, he alleges that there, there's nothing wrong with the machine. But the actual fact is, and while doing research, as many of us have done since 2020, I discovered that the Secretary of State in Ohio was actually the first one that handed over the whole cyber infrastructure of the state of Ohio to the Department of Homeland Security. That means that elections and everything that goes through Ohio.gov is monitored watched, maintained, and data is used appropriately as federal laws by DHS, which means our elections are actually quasi-federalized. And considering that um, the legislators here in Ohio passed a law allowing him to be not only Secretary of State, but also a DHS advisor, he wears both a federal and a state hat, which should alarm everyone because the lines of our data sovereignty in our states are blurring. The federal government has unfettered access to all the information, and, um, and and this is how they do it. Remember, it was Kemp, before he became governor, that um, caught DHS in the machines in 2016, if you remember. Mm. And um, mm. that's that's quite fascinating because people keep forgetting that. And well, are, you about, are, you about, are you talking about Brian Kemp? Yes, in 2016, he actually was on CNN and said that he caught Russians in the machines. And then the next day, he said, no, it was DHS. And then he filed a scathing letter to the office of the inspector general asking why DHS was in the election machines during the elections. And that was a violation of uh, Georgia state sovereignty. But, you know, then he became governor and he kind of got amnesia about that. So it all went wayside. I wonder if we could find a video of that. Is that still available? Um, yes, I should have it somewhere. I mean, it'll take me a couple minutes to manifest that. But um, I think one of your own reporters on Frank's speech, Millie Weaver, had put that in a video uh, a couple of years ago. Um, and um, she had reported the fact that he had uh, stated that DHS was in the machines. And if we remember on June 6, 2017, 
It was Barack Obama that had Jay Johnson declare that elections are critical infrastructure. And this has allowed uh, DHS under the Patriot Act to encroach on uh, state sovereignty, which is a growing concern considering we are in the age of information and Secretary of State's while they're in charge of elections, they are also in charge of information of a state. And cyber infrastructure is key, especially in this day and age. And we are seeing how careless they are and that the lines are being blurred day by day uh, to no longer having sovereign states. Yeah, I, I think I one. just found that clip. Let's see if this is it. Yeah. Here, 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 guys, throw the audio on this. Let's see if this is it. Here, you guys ready? Ready? Here we go. President Obama has asked U.S. intelligence agencies to get to the bottom of alleged election hacking, and he wants a report before he leaves office. Meantime, the federal government responds to accusations that it tried to hack into state computers here in Georgia. As the campaign entered its final phase, the Homeland Security Department offered states federal resources to secure voting machines and voter registration databases. Georgia's Secretary of State, Brian Kemp, was among a small group who declined the help. I was criticized quite a bit about that, uh, but what they were offering was really out-of-the-box corporate solutions that some states needed. Uh, we did not because we were already using our own solutions. On election day, the Homeland Security Department did not report unusual cyber activity, but according to this letter from Kemp to the Homeland Security Secretary, Jay Johnson, on November 15th, there was an attempted breach of the Georgia Secretary of State's network linked to a computer with a Homeland Security address. Kemp writes, at no time has my office agreed to or permitted Homeland Security to conduct penetration testing or security scans of our network. Could be a, a bad actor in the administration. It could be something else. I'm keeping an open mind to that, but I'm very confident that the IP address was a Department of Homeland Security address. Homeland Security has said it wasn't them. The incident comes as the administration considers whether the electoral process should be deemed critical infrastructure and given the same federal security protections as the power grid. And Well, that's interesting. I had never seen that. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. Thank you. Well, many of the states around the United States are actually um, uh, throwing away information data sovereignty, which data is the new gold in this yeah. day and age. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, um, and, and, and the thing is, no one is actually fixing it. Uh, you know, I, I urge many people to, when they're going through primaries and through elections, to observe who funds their candidates. Because my secretary of state is funded by all the companies that have caused so much pain and suffering to many of us. Pfizer, right? Les Wexner, Epstein, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The people that fund some of these Republicans, we got to be paying attention. And 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 I'm I, personally, I just ran because I I know these machines. Uh, this was part of my work as a private contractor. You know, we don't always go guns a blazing when we take over nations. We um, go in and uh, select their leaders with election software um, or conduct their elections. And and the last elections that I helped conduct. We're in 2014 in Ukraine. So I'm very well versed on how these machines work and how they operate. And uh, one thing we do need to understand is as technology evolves, we just need to keep a few things simple. And that's our vote because it is a fundamental right where we can exercise our voice and be represented appropriately. We can have everything else go digital, but some things you just don't reinvent because we want to keep them extremely safe without questions and doubt. 
so that way we can move forward as a society united. Because right, right now, machines are polarizing us. Absolutely. So will you keep us posted on your uh, uh, lawsuit all the way up to the uh, Ohio Supreme Court? Yes, of course. I appreciate you. All right. Thank you. You want to promote a website? Marisforohio.com is my website. And um, I have been spending all my campaign funds on lawsuits. And I will take this all the way up to SCOTUS um, if when necessary. Because it, it, we need to get this done. Someone needs to open up these machines and, and see the truth. Absolutely. We need to get rid of it. Thank you, Tony. Tony Maris checking in. Thank you, Tony. All right. Thank check, you. Check out her website. We'll keep you posted on that story going, going all the way, way up to, to the, the Ohio, Ohio Supreme, Supreme Court and maybe all the way Wow. That was awesome, y'all. Except, uh, come on, dude. Tony, really? Tony, really? Damn it. Anyways, why do you have to do this to me? Why? Okay, anyways, Tony Maris, really? Really? Okay, anyways, okay, you know what? That's not my name, right? But you know what? You know me. <laughs> so what? Uh, that was that was pretty cool. Now, incidentally, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that is right in line with everything that we're talking about on our show tonight, okay? We're talking elections, all right? We're talking machines. We're talking audits. We're talking source code. And uh, I'm glad I paid attention to that little notice because that was that was pretty cool. That's the most together I think I've seen uh, uh, Miss Mary's uh, deliver that information. You know how much balls that takes, though? Um, just to dissect just for a moment and then we'll move on to the rest of tonight's show uh president trump i apologize we will get back to your statements you know like i said i, I only ever do uh show interruptions for trump but uh i'm glad i i'm glad i uh i'm glad i tuned into that i don't know about this tony thing here is his name tony is tony the name of his uh <laughs> is tony the name of his like uh you know his computer operator guy in the back in the sound room or something like <laughs> I'm like, really, Tony, Tony, you're doing us a lot of favors there, right? You know, uh, because I wonder if someone was whispering in his ear, uh, you know, Trump endorsed her and her opponent, right? You know, Trump endorsed the incumbent who is funded by, you know, Wes Le uh, Les Wexner guys. Okay. Uh, that's just one of the things. But, you know, I, I don't think that's why he called her Tony. I, I guess it was an accident, but uh, <laughs> just as a real quick thing, guys, you know, as a brief reflection on uh, the, the very little that I know about uh, Tori Maris, who I respect very much for running for Secretary of State, because that is literally the first line of defense, okay? But, um, you know... When I first discovered the Tory Says show, it was post-Shadowgate, right? I That late in the game. Yeah, I got into Q late. I got into all that late. Anyways, I was not looking for new influencers or people to listen to, all right? I had my own thing going on, all right? So uh, she pops up in Shadowgate. I didn't know she was uh, hanging out over there at InfoWars or popped in a couple of times or whatever. And you did, you did the whole thing. Had her own show since for 
I don't know, for whenever she started doing a show, like what, 17, 18, something like that, or 16. I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know. But she was on the radio, Red State or whatever. Um, You know, back when I first discovered about, you know, that whole other, you know, uh, like microcosm within the rest of these microcosms of whatever information, um, she would never, ever, ever, ever talk about the work that she did she always said people like us don't exist and uh, i think she even said that in the shadowgate documentary now she's telling you that she was a contractor that worked for the deep state okay in shadowgate they explain the entire process of how these uh deep state actors will hire contractors so that they have a degree of separation and it's not like the actual federal government or the uh the the, the actual federal employees you know the ones that get their monthly paycheck and stuff like that now is a contractor different right it's totally separate from what you know the bu- the bureaucracy and the uh, the administrative work that goes on every day at the White House on Capitol Hill and all the offices, etc. Contractors do something completely different. Shadowgate explained that. I think that's one of the reasons why it was uh, banned. Okay, because it explained the network. Now, apparently, Tori Maris. This is not recent, but within the last six months to a year, maybe she has actually started to say that she functioned as a contractor for the deep state under Brennan. Right. She wasn't actually a member of the CIA, but he contracted her, I think. okay, not my story to tell. I'm just kind of generalizing what I know. And that takes some guts, guys. You know, we uh, we played two of her other. And this is why I'm following y'all. This is why I'm following y'all. Okay. Uh, I, I, you know, don't talk to me about this stolen dollar bullshit. Don't talk to me about these North Dakota lawsuits. Okay. Don't talk to me about that crap. That, that holds no water in my court. Okay. You talk to me about the things that she's doing right now with the secretary of state, for example, ladies and gentlemen, and you guys know I've been writing the secretary of state's office since I started this show. Right. And so this is really, really, it's an interesting development because think about the, um, think about the shared knowledge that could go to with, within everyone that is running for secretary of state right now that understands the importance of the office and has the moxie to challenge the status quo and return that office to a defender of our liberty as it should be because it is totally representative it's not even symbolic it is an exact representation in real life, physically, substantially, okay, that we can actually hold in our hand. Well, not in the digital age anymore, right? Not with the machines anymore, right? But when we could hold that ballot, that ballot was a literal representation of our liberty and freedom symbolically to the world. Ladies and gentlemen, okay? So let me get this guy's face off the screen. It looks angry, doesn't it? Sorry, let me get him off the screen. He looks angry. He's like, ah, stop yelling at me in my ear, producer. I understand. We're not supposed to share her work. (laughs) 
Dude, but like seriously, we're trying to save this nation. Why isn't she on y'all's team? Like seriously. Anyways, um, okay, guys. So uh, that was good. That 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 was perfect for tonight. Perfect for tonight, guys, because we're gonna get into the details. There's more details, more details about the Torrance County, New Mexico audit that happened. Well, it just happened. You know, it was what? It was all but like, what, six days ago, maybe, that they had their commissioner's meeting and that they uh, they um, uh, they shared the results. And we've got video footage tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And I think as just as it has been since 2004, if not four years earlier, the machines are a concern ladies and gentlemen and you'll see that in the torrance county results um and we got a couple of other election stories to get through to tonight but first ladies and gentlemen allow me to remember myself we have but one more president trump statement to regard for this evening Let's check it out. All right. Uh, final statement from President Trump. Connie Scott will deliver incredible results as Nueces County judge. The owner of a great business and the county's chief budget officer, Connie knows what it takes to secure the American dream. She will fight hard to stop crime, protect the rights of law-abiding citizens, and ensure justice for all. Connie. Scott has my complete and total endorsement. Excellent. As long as she's not related to John Scott, the Secretary of Snakes doofus for Greg Abbott, number five. <laughs> oh my God. You know, the Texas freaking Secretary of State's office. You want to talk about a broken one. The Commonwealth of Pennsylvania is probably the only other one that's worse in regards to running the same kind of schemes as the Texas Secretaries of State Office runs. But you notice they can get away with that when they appoint them, which is why I keep saying Texans need to uh, elect their Secretary of State. And I believe that the, the current GOP of the state of Texas, the grassroots, us, I believe we can get that done. I believe that we, the current GOP grassroots, as witnessed at the convention this past summer, you saw the power we wielded, right, guys? We're forcing establishment Republicans to uh, decertify elections, right? To secure the border, to stop mutilating our children's genitals, to uh, uh, stop uh, um, uh, building up these uh, school districts that just keep on uh, building down our children's futures. That's what the grassroots GOP of Texas has decided that our establishment Republicans will do. Now, we have not yet crossed that bridge to see which ones will do and which ones will don't and which ones will resist and fight. But it's been expressed by the state party that all of these Republicans need to get in line 
because they are expecting them, and by they, they mean the people, to follow through on what we declared as our planks of importance. So I believe we can get the Secretary of State on the ballot and we can get a vote on to get that office elected and not appointed. And that's what we need to do. Texas made a big mistake when they uh, chose that office as an appointed office. Okay. So as long as Connie Scott is not related to John Scott, the doofus Secretary of Snakes here in Texas currently... I'm all good. No, just kidding. I mean, you know, you know, by the merit, not by the name. Some of us, we get caught up in that guilt by association thing. I won't do that to Connie Scott. I promise you. Okay. <laughs> all right, guys, that was the last Trump statement. Uh, but we do have one more Trump tale to tell before we get into election news for tonight. Uh, it's a little rehash that we uh, covered yesterday. Uh, we announced the two, uh, the, the next upcoming doe, the next upcoming two President Trump rallies that will be taking place in the very near, uh, near future, guys. But uh, in fact, prior to, prior to uh, the midterm election, November 8th, President Trump will be holding four rallies prior to the midterm elections. I went henceforward unto the pages of the Epoch Times, Trump to hold rallies in four states ahead of midterm elections. Now we know about Iowa and Iowa comes before Pennsylvania. And Pennsylvania is on a Saturday, which means Iowa is on a Thursday. Mm hmm. So where else is President Trump going to be hopping along to? Uh, well, according to this article, he will be scheduled to hold rallies in Iowa, Pennsylvania, Florida and Ohio. Interesting enough. Independent <laughs> Secretary of State candidate Tory Maris is running for Ohio's office. So awesome. The span of five days. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine the drama? Because by now, by now, ladies and gentlemen, if you guys know that uh, Les Wexner funded Frank LaRose and has been funding Frank LaRose and probably also DeWine and all of them, if you guys know about it and you all know that Les Wexner, in addition to, uh, you know, being what uh, this big old um, uh, mogul of uh, merchandise and, and stores and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Victoria's Secret, L Brands. Uh, what is the what is that one um, that one place where everything is like five sizes too small on in Men's Express or Forever Twenty One? I don't know which one is Les Wexner. Just one of those two. But I'm like, dude, like it's like, oh, what are we in China? Are these like uh, Asian sizes or what? Because I have to buy a five X in order to fit into a large. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Um, I'm all, are all of these uh, waistlines inseam measurements or what? Because this is too small for a 30. Anyways, um, so yeah, Les Wexner. Oh, wait, wait. But here's what's more important about Les Wexner. Duh. He is the one who funded Jeffrey Epstein. He is the one who basically created the man that became the, uh, in, uh, the despicable legend known as Jeffrey Epstein. Okay. And never mind whatever Les Wexner might be doing in his many mansions in Ohio. And did, he doesn't. He, he also has a city 
No, he also has a town in Ohio that he built and paid for himself. We were, uh, well, I shared that information with you guys actually on an episode of See in the Dark, which is our our weekend uh, late night talk show kind of a you know broadcast where I go into rabbit holes and I creep around in the dark and I turn on my flashlight. You know, that's what that show's for because. Uh, <laughs> Otherwise, we just get lost in rabbit holes, you know, while we're talking about America First News. But, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, on Sea in the Dark, we talked about, you know, Les Wexner. Yeah, he did. He bought and constructed, like, all of these, like, little, like, uh, mini McMansions or something like that. And I'm like, this is probably, like, this is probably, like, a uh, trafficker's paradise, right? The entire town. Rent your, rent your house. Rent your B&B. Rent your room. Whatever. You know, we have all of these little McMansions here for people to have their little, like, uh, you know, uh, degenerate parties, right? And, you know, I could talk about that. And, uh, you know... <laughs> <laughs> to do things like that. Um, <clears throat> anyways, guys, I I, uh, I I start to get a little off the track here. Les Wexner funded LaRose and Les Wexner created Epstein, you know, in some weird type of way. I mean, you actually, I did read a week. I actually shared that story with you guys also on Seeing the Dark. We went through the entire history of Wexner and Epstein and the mob and everyone and the FBI. Like we went through all of it, guys. Like uh, it was uh, Whitney Webb's information. She's the one who did that research. I shared her article, so I'm just accrediting it. Okay. Um, that was all of that information, guys, on Les Wexner. So you guys remember, right? What do they say about Ohio? All human trafficking goes through Ohio or something like that. Where's Whiskey Blue when I need him? He knows. Okay. <laughs> Whiskey Blue knows. Okay. Uh, that's an audience member over at uh, Pilled. But um, anyhow, guys. So if we know, ladies and gentlemen, you know President Trump knows. That's going to be some drama. That's interesting. You know, this is this is where we cut the wheat from the chafe, ladies and gentlemen. This is where we separate the adults from the children. Uh, the boys from the men, the girls from the women, the, uh, the, the babies from the wombs, ladies and gentlemen, this is where we do that. This is where we do the calling, right? Because if we know as an American population, okay, the Americans who are paying, are paying attention and who are awake, if we know that there is a certain Republican candidate in a certain state who is funded by, a, you know, a likely pedophile and human trafficker, or at least someone who is involved in that industry on the uh, executive level, right? So his hands don't get dirty. If we know it, and uh, I'm assuming that would mean that Trump and his team knows it, all of the eyes will be watching on what happens. Don't forget, guys, John Solomon. Kathy Bernier and uh, Brad Raffensperger. Don't forget, guys. Don't forget. So, if all of you all forget this, the last 10 minutes of today's show, it's okay because you better believe I will be watching and I'm not casting seeds of doubt. But what I am saying is, I'm very curious to see how Ohio is going to play out with a benefactor of a human trafficker, Les Wexner, 
endorsed, okay? Okay, it's just drama, right? I mean, maybe this is what was supposed to happen. Maybe this was part of the plan. I mean, uh, the highlighting of a snake in the grass, the uh, the uh, spotlight on the traitor, you know, that is a tactic as well. So, you know what? I just think uh, uh, as, as bright as that spotlight might have been, it could not have been powered without the Maris campaign, y'all, because no one was talking about Frank LaRose before Tory Maris was. And uh, you saw how that that guy on Frank's speech, I know his name, I just cannot remember it. He's, he's, a, he's a fellow Texan, if I'm not mistaken. He was just as surprised as I was to learn about uh, Kemp being the Secretary of State before becoming the governor. Now, if I was going to become governor, I would think that Secretary of State would be a pretty good position to be in to get there. And you guys remember, even when I was talking with Garland Favorito, a voter GA of Georgia himself, who is who who actually has um, press releases and litigation against Kemp and recommendation letters of recommendation for Kemp. And, you know, you know, uh, that's why I was like, let's pick Garland's mind for a minute about Brian Kemp as secretary of state of Georgia. And now the world and Hopefully, every patriot at large is aware of this next problem that we are facing in the security and the integrity of our elections. And that is keeping the federal government out of our elections. As one of my audience members over at the Foxhole said, uh, when was it earlier today or yesterday? It was yes, last night, right? Who was it? Revolt 84 or something said the, the feds are already in our elections. Yeah, they are already in our elections. Okay. And I think now after that, uh, that, that was a great interview. That was a lot of good information and streamlined, ladies and gentlemen, good stuff. Um, Hopefully the rest of us are aware of that now at this point, uh, and uh, we can all move forward as a team to do something about it because that's, that's, we've all been working independently of each other, you know, ladies and gentlemen, but we've all been moving with the same goal. Maybe at this, maybe not at the same stride, but definitely with the same goal that is to secure our elections and to correct 2020. That's the path we're on. But could you imagine the big bottleneck we would have faced if we'd gotten all the way to the finish line and then we found out DHS was in our elections? God bless, ladies and gentlemen. God bless. So, uh, okay. So uh, let's get back into this. Uh, President Trump will be in Iowa, Pennsylvania, Florida, and Ohio prior to the November 8th uh, midterm elections. A uh, first stop is Sioux City, Iowa on November 3. All right. I'm used to November 3 traditionally being uh, election day, but that might be because that was the first day I actually voted. It was on the 3rd of November. Anyways, uh, when Trump is scheduled to advance the MAGA agenda, the Make America Great Again agenda, referring to his campaign slogan, 
Okay. So uh, yeah, we'll have Kim Reynolds, uh, Iowa Governor and Senator Chuck Grassley. Hopefully, hopefully he's not a snake in the Grassley, right? Uh, anyhow, uh, then we'll have Pennsylvania with Mehmet Oz and Doug Mastriano. Go, Doug. Uh, then on November 6th, we'll have the Get Out the Vote rally in Florida, Miami. That's going to be a big one, right? Because that's like a home game, right? Like, I would imagine like a Florida rally would be like a home game for President Trump and all of the residents of Florida. So I think I, you know, let's see. Let's see if Florida draws the biggest crowd, guys, because you would think if it's a home game, like everyone in the state is going to turn out that's uh, that that knows at least half of something. Right. <laughs> so uh, and then uh, let's see here. Uh, Vand Vandalia, Ohio, Vandalia, Ohio will be the last stop the day before election day on October 7th. And, uh, they will have GOP candidates, J.D. Vance and Senator Rob Portman as listed. So, uh, that's some stuff to look forward to ladies and gentlemen. Don't be so gentle. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Wait, that makes no sense. Don't, don't they mean, don't they mean November 7th? Is this a, who published this? This is from the Epoch Times, guys. <laughs> look at, I'm just, uh, look, okay. Cause you know, you know why? Because I did this the other day, guys. Remember I was all Cochise County, New Mexico. Cause I read it and went to robot mode and didn't read what I was reading. Okay, so that's why I'm just doing this, right? Finally, Trump's fourth rally is set to be held in Vandalia, Ohio on Tony Maris. There's kidding. On October 7th? Uh, is this a mistake also? <laughs> Anyways, when the former president, their words, not mine, Epoch Times. Epoch Times called him the former president, not me. Okay, that's what that means. Every time you hear me say that, their words, not mine. It's usually following uh, the phrase former president, in case you guys didn't catch that. I've been doing it the entire time. Uh, so Epoch Times said the former president, not me. I'm just pointing it out because it's the Epoch Times and I adore them. Okay. Trump's fourth rally is set to be held in Vandalia, Ohio on October 7th, November 7th. Okay. Let, let me get my uh, letter of correction over to them and that way they can fix it. When, pre oh, and let me also correct former president. No, just kidding. I won't push them that far, right? Peer pressure, peer pressure. You know he's the president, Epoch Times. Why are you pretending? <laughs> you reported on election theft and fraud in 2020. Why are you pretending? Anyways, I'm just I'm just playing, guys. I'm in a jovial mood right now. Um, when president when the president is slated to campaign for GOP candidates, including JD Vance, uh, who is seeking to replace retiring Senator Robert Portman. So, so uh, I, I stand corrected. Allow the uh, record to reflect. Robert Portman will not be appearing at this rally, but rather his uh, successor shall, J.D. Vance. All right. I think we've got our Trump uh, truths and uh, information out of the way. Oh, no, there's so much more that we could be talking about with Trump, right? But we'll save that for a... Uh, We'll save that for an immaculate type of episode.
Sean Joe, thank you for gifting the cookie. Thank you so much. Java says paper ballots, exactly 100%. Paper ballots. And if you don't trust Chad, you can always get the Mr. C hole puncher, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the Texan, what's on? What's going on, buddy? Good to see you in the uh, audience tonight. Texan says, went down and voted today at City. Are you serious, Texan? Texan, are you are you yanking my chain? Because my chain don't hang low, okay? Are you kidding me, Texan? You know, I can tell Texan has not been in my audience for any length of time in the last several months because he would not have voted today. I think he's pulling my leg, right? <laughs> You're giving me some Indian burn, if not some really bad heartburn, Texan. <laughs> And you're and you call yourself a Texan, anyways. Uh, you're not supposed to vote early, Texan. Okay, it's the least you can do if you're not gonna go run for office or work for the elections. Hello, buddy. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna hold you on the spot, buddy, because I love you. And you know what? I don't think you would mind me making an example out of you and giving you some tongue lashings. All right. Uh, you better be yanking my chain, buddy. Okay, that's all I gotta say. <laughs> You're setting a bad example for my audience, okay? <laughs> now go to your room and play your records. Uh, just kidding. Anyways, Texans got a show on the network also, guys. So I'm just, I am just haranguing and, uh, but no, I'm serious though. He better, he better be yanking my chain. <laughs> What's up, Philly Q? How you doing tonight? Great to see you. And, uh, ooh, uh, Philly Q dropping some links in the uh, chat room there. Let's see. Elon Musk. Nah. You, oh, you dropped two Elon Musk articles. Miss Philly Q, are you an Elon fan? Uh, King Elon Musk officially owns Twitter, immediately fires CEO Parag Agrawal. Oh, this is breaking news. That's what it is. Thank you for the breaking news. I need to get the boo 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 little like uh, little, little show video thing, right? Uh, okay, so uh, yeah, officially owns Twitter. Okay, well, you know what, Mr. Musk, good for you. Uh, may you uh, use it. To the benefit of mankind. And stop worshipping the devil and stop trying to insert, uh, you know, uh, the internet into my head. Okay. <laughs> I kid, I kid, but this is Mr. Musk, right? We're talking about here. Election, election stories. Okay, guys. We're going to start here today with Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania and the curious case of the preloaded absentee ballots discovered by election officials when they were putting the uh, ballot capture bag into the ballot drop box. I don't know that it's officially called a ballot capture bag. All right, that might not be the official uh, um, electoral language. For such things. I mean, generally speaking across the board, it's a trash bag that they put your votes in. And I say your votes because I would never drop my vote in a, a, a contraption like that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so your votes. All 10 million of you who voted early, including you, Texan, so far. <laughs> yeah, Texan loves to josh me, guys, just so y'all know. <laughs> Anyways. 
he likes to get a rise out of me, right? He likes to see my, my he likes to see my potato head turn red. Anyways, from pistachio, from seeing the dark pistachio to just irate C report red, right? Anyways, so um, Pennsylvania, uh, curious case, right? Uh, I think I think the um, majority of these stories are actually going to be co coming from the Gateway Pundit, if not at least this first one does. All right, guys, from the Gatekeeper Pundit, uh, the Gateway Pundit. Breaking. Ballots discovered preloaded inside Dropbox in Pennsylvania. Two others reportedly also had preloaded ballots inside the boxes. Now, to uh, the general population asleep or those who are willfully ignorant, this might see like, seem like a nothing story. And indeed, it was like, what, 10 absentee ballots? I mean, 10 unlawful ballots. What is 10 unlawful ballots compared to like the thousands that they dropped in the middle of the night in 2020? Or the thousands that popped up during the Pennsylvania um, race with no dates on their envelopes? Okay. Uh, what about those, right? The 10, why even sweat it? Mr. C, you know what they say. Don't sweat the petty things. Pet the sweaty things, right? So... With that connotation in mind, why does it matter that there were 10 preloaded ballots when we are battling for a common understanding that thousands of the ballots that were injected into 2020 were unlawful? So what is 10 ballots? You know, you know, guys, if I had that kind of attitude, I really don't think that I should be uh, trying to restore a republic, right? Maybe a democracy. Maybe I can restore democracy because what the 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 popular opinion is that uh, ten ballots don't matter, Mister C. There were a thousand, but according to the rule of law, according to honoring and respecting the type of nation and government with which we supposedly reside in. Don't you think a little bit of integrity would count in a large way, ladies and gentlemen? Those 10 ballots are still unlawful ballots, and I don't care if you can suss them out of a million ballots, and that's all the difference it made. In the case of a fraudulent election, they still, still, they still should not have been there to begin with, think about the Pennsylvania DA, the district attorney. His name escapes me. He's lucky his name escapes me. But there's a there is a Pennsylvania district attorney, and it has to be for it has to be for Philadelphia because um, that is where True the Vote captured footage and shared it with law the district attorney in that county. And the district attorney said, well, you know, I understand that I could identify positively beyond a shadow of a doubt three of the, how many ballot traffickers were there in Philadelphia? Over 200, right? There were over 200 ballot traffickers in the Philadelphia area in Pennsylvania. And the district attorney uh, said, well, you know, I could identify beyond a shadow of a doubt positively identify. If you put these three people in a lineup, I can positively identify them. I know their name. I know their address. I know their mother. I know their family life. He knew everything about them. But because there were 
200 and some odd amount of other traffickers that he could not identify. He thought it was unfair to prosecute them. Do you see the analogy? Do you see the relationship between these 10 ballots that were preloaded and the other 10,000 that were unlawful? They're all unlawful. But why are we going to make a big deal out of 10? Why are we going to make a big deal out of three? It's not fair. That's what you get in a democracy, guys. We are in a constitutional republic, okay? You will go after the... You will leave 99 sheep behind to get that one lamb, ladies and gentlemen. That's the kind of place we live in. And if you're not used to it, and if you don't like it, because you don't like the sunshine, then uh, you need to go, right? So, just as an example, Pennsylvania, okay? So not only does the district attorney not prosecute known ballot traffickers, known individuals who have committed election crimes, he they also have preloaded ballots waiting for them like a present under the Christmas tree. <laughs> I don't even need to read this article, really, guys. Like, I need... <laughs> the whole first half of it just uh, talks about... Uh, the True the Vote and the 2,000 Mules. It says here, uh, now in a video obtained from the Gateway Pundit, it appears to show a drop box in Center County, Pennsylvania, being opened and an official bag being placed in the box for election day. Much to the surprise of the officials opening the drop box, however, was the discovery of 10 ballots already inserted into the drop box. You know what that means, right? It means that one of those mules got a little anxious, right? They got a little excited. They're like, I'm going to be the first one to go, right? They probably have it on their app, right? Because in addition to taking photos of themselves, they probably have a social network. I mean, why haven't we even thought about looking about that? Like, get on every social network and go and look for, like, uh, Ballot Traffickers Anonymous or go and look for, like, the, uh, the Trump mules or the anti-Trump mule. I don't know. Just go look for some. You you know that they probably have an entire meetup group, some of these idiots, right? So in addition, in addition to taking photos of themselves, dropping uh, dozens of ballots in some case, and more than that, that's dozens in a single trip. Some of these people took like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten trips. Okay. $10 a ballot. Do the math, right? Actually, one of the whistleblowers that the Georgia Bureau of Investigations is currently trying to intimidate out of testimony stated that the lowest payout to the traffickers, the mules who trafficked the ballots, was around $50,000. In to from November 3, uh, and that would be in Georgia, guys, because they had two, the people of Georgia, the traffickers of Georgia, the ballot traffickers of Georgia had two opportunities to make that green, ladies and gentlemen. They had two opportunities to make it rain like Ruby Freeman and Wanda Wandrea Shea Moss, ladies and gentlemen. That's what they had. So yeah, $50,000 in some cases for these traffickers who, uh, these mules who traffic the ballots throughout and through in. Ladies and gentlemen, so you had someone here. I'm just, I'm totally just, this is a fun speculation. Uh, these ballot traffickers who undoubtedly, some of them have social groups, right? Talking about their good work. You know, this was a scenario. 
maybe, right? This was a scenario. They're like taking pictures, dropping the ballots. And then you know that they you have that one little, like uh, that little antsy Nancy, right? That's just like, I'm going to be the first. And then you, she drops them in the ballot box and, you know, she takes a picture and she puts first and she posts it on her little social thing to be the first amongst all of her little ballot trafficking friends, right? That's just a fun speculation I'm having with that. Um, because we have to make this fun, ladies and gentlemen. Do you see how stupid this looks, right? Okay, so <laughs> that was pretty stupid, right? I mean, don't get me wrong, that was pretty dumb, okay? Um, the the Phil Phillips Burger, the Phillipsburg precinct dropbox prior to being unlocked. So uh this was that dropbox prior to being unlocked. How did they get the ballots in there? This footage was shot by a local concerned resident and was witnessed by a deputy sheriff, not shown. It is one of three drop boxes in Center County, Pennsylvania, thus far that have been discovered as having preloaded ballots inside when being officially opened. I wonder who those ballots voted for, right? Like, you have to wonder. A, were these ballots for the current election? B, who did these ballots vote for? Because the people didn't vote, guys. The ballots did. <laughs> because they're unlawful, right? They don't actually represent a voter. They represent a phantom voter. That makes them unlawful. Um, it says here, one source claims that two other drop boxes were opened last week as well, and eight ballots were discovered, bringing the total thus far in just one county to 18 ballots. Now, in a democracy, there'll be like 18 ballots. Who cares? There's a thousand more of them that are unlawful. But in a constitutional republic, oh, we give a damn, right? Anyways, the source also claims that authorities are investigating this it is unclear if any other counties have found preloaded ballots, and if so, whether or not they were reported. The ballots were not opened and were placed in a sealed box. But as the man in the video says, audio version cannot be published. After that, who knows what they do with them? So, um, Here's the video. We already got ourselves queued up for good sound. So we'll just, uh, it's short, it's sweet, it's simple, it's to the point. Enjoy. Well, as it appears, there is no sound. We are watching an election official and his assistant open up a ballot box. For those of you not on Spotify or not watching on a live stream, how do you suppose they got in there is the question. And there you see. Now, according to the article, apparently there was a sheriff who is observing this as well. Haha, -ha, check it out. Yeah, there is no volume here. Just making sure. Wait, wait, wait. I have to, I have to read the text. How do you suppose they got in there? Haha, -ha, check it out. Made your day, didn't it? No, it does not make my day. Well, at least you caught, you were here to catch it. <laughs> wow, what's the chain of custody for those ballots? I'll show you here. <laughs> you got one? That's cool. At least you got one. 
Uh, we're going to put them in this box, put a seal on them so they can't be opened, okay? I would have opened them, you know, but they know the law, right? As unlawful as those ballots are, they're still following the law. They're doing their good. I would have, I'm, I, you know, because I would have wanted to report on it, ladies and gentlemen. How many would you say is there? One election official asks the other. Two, four, ten. <laughs> ten. Did you see the ones they found at Willowback? No, I did not. That was last week, you think? I think so. Because it was all wrapped up like this one was. Yes, it was. Crazy, guys. Every vote counts. Was that not the mantra of the left? Every vote counts. Craziness, isn't it? So, uh, well, quick, quick story just to share with you guys. Let's jump in to Torrance County, New Mexico. Now, uh, we've been sharing the information that has come out of the audit that the uh, Torrance County commissioners, um, they executed it themselves. Okay, uh, they got the ball rolling because they had concerned constituents. The constituents brought it to their county commissioner's attention. The county commissioners, the very same people who also certify the elections for the county, went ahead and they listened to their constituents. They took up the case. They initiated an audit. They hired the people. They got the job done and they had a hearing. Sorry, I dropped my pen. They had a hearing. So we've been sharing the uh, information as it's been parsed out, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, well, I'm going to share a little bit more. I'm going to share more of it with you guys tonight. Now, what I'm planning on doing uh, is because I'll be honest with you guys. I have not watched the entire almost three hour hearing. Okay. Uh, I've watched some of the clips, and tonight we're going to watch some of the clips as well, um, so you can see uh, the uh, individuals in Torrance County presenting their findings. Presenting, it'll be just like we did with Otero County. But what I plan to do, though, is go back and and view the entire proceedings, and then clip it out myself uh, because uh, the clips that we do have, I couldn't use all of them because I, I believe I don't know who filmed the Torrance County um, commissioner's hearing uh, just in general, like the commissioner's court, because they have, they have their own channel on rumble, but they, it's not just about the topic of election integrity. It's like all of the Torrance County uh, um, items that the uh, commissioners have on their agenda. So uh, the way that the individual clipped the hearing it's nonsensical in some parts, you know, and, and in some, some, the, some of the things, maybe it's just not what I would have clipped out, but then it also cuts off like in mid, mid thought on some points, you know? So I will go back and I will clip all of that out for my rumble channel at uh, some point in the future soon, but just to give you guys a heads up, cause you might notice it on 
one or two of the clips I chose for tonight where it's really good information. All of a sudden it just stops and it's like, oh, and so I, I think like maybe uh, the way that you do it. And I'm just speculating here because I've never worked in the industry, but like, you know, you, you work for like, you know, say you work for like a, uh, an independent, uh, TV or a local, local TV broadcasting, you know, like one of those like pay to pay to broadcast or community things. And, uh, you just clip things out. Right. And some people just have like a, uh, they just have like a template and like this clip, you know, X amount of minutes here, 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 and here. And they don't even give regard to the content within those timeframes. It's it's not anything done. I think in uh, in in, um, in in maliciousness. It's just you know, it's just content, general content, but it's not refined and you know presentable the way that we prefer to have our information packets given to us. Let's talk about Torrance County, New Mexico, and the audit of their 2022 primary elections, guys. So we're not they didn't do a 2020. They did a 2022, okay, so they could observe and they could audit a fresh election. You know what my thinking on that would be. Um, that's two counties in New Mexico, right? That's two counties more than most of the other states in this nation. That's a one county more than uh, most of the other states in this nation. We're seeing all types of examples of how we can approach election integrity and we the people actually being able to inspect audit verify our own elections okay we went from the president of the united states himself fighting for our elections to the people fighting for their own elections in their own county, in their own backyard. And that is how much we have crossed in this short amount of time, ladies and gentlemen. Do you hear what I'm screaming? We went from the president of the United States of America defending our elections for us to we the people fighting for our own elections in our own backyard, and that's at the county level. Because as I said, at least as far as most, um, as far as most uh, state statutes, laws, constitution, all that stuff goes, they're all pretty much the same. And they do have variations and some of them are very different, you know, because they're, they are, their state chose to legislate differently, you know, but in most states, if not all, the county commissioners certify your elections. And once those counties, once the counties have certified, then the state level agent can certify the elections. Whom would be the secretary of snakes, secretary of state, in all cases, except I think Wisconsin. <laughs> okay. So um, Torrance County, Otero County, in New Mexico have been great reference points for additional steps that we can take to fight back against all of this overreach, chaos, and unbalance that has been thrown at us, the county level. We take it back at the county level. 
And so uh, they have been shining examples of that, you know, Otero County and Torrance County. God bless these people in New Mexico, right? Um, because uh, we we understand we need to uh, we need to take it back at the local level, right? We need to clean our own backyards. We understand it. We hear it. It, 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 that itself has become its own mantra, you know, uh, as it should be so that it, it becomes second nature and not, you have to constantly remind yourself, right? That's the point of repetition, I think. Um, but it's not until we are shown how you can do it, that it really starts not to just marinate and fester inside of our brains. It actually becomes part of our understanding on how to act. It's a weird social human thing, guys. I don't even understand because I am not a social behavioral scientist, but, you know, maybe it's just a learning style. You know, some people need to be shown, not told. That's the difference between a, a, a visual and an auditory learner, right? Maybe most of us are just visual learners. I'm I'm a very good combo of visual, auditory, and tactile. <laughs> uh, it's just complicated. Anyways, so um, uh, the Torrance County, New Mexico um, uh, Commissioner's Court held a hearing. I believe it was on the 21st. I'll have the date for you. I think it was on the 21st of this month. And as I said, we've been sharing the information as it has been uh, becoming available. Unless you watch the entire proceedings, which I haven't. Guilty. Uh, but still going to report on it uh, with many thanks, obviously, to uh, the people in New Mexico uh, in Torrance County who got this uh, report together and also uh, to the uh, citizens, the people of the state and specifically of that region, of that county, uh, who um, showed up to support their commissioners, whom uh, are remarked to have had great insight to have authorized an audit of their 2022 primaries. And I would have to agree with that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, now, coming from Estancia News is uh, the website that I got this article from. Uh, title of the headline is here. Hundreds of ballots went missing or someone altered the election returns. Now, as I've shared here in regard to Torrance County, it has been discovered that uh, the numbers do not match between the physical ballots and the digital ballot count number, which is something that we are seeing across the board. We, are, we have seen it in Georgia, ladies and gentlemen. It happened in their 2022 primary and it's documented and it is currently in the courts in litigation, which is why I think it would be uh, relevant to ask the current Secretary of State about current litigation going on in their state regarding elections. Their primary reason for existing in that office. So uh, the same across the board. Would we find the same to be true of all machines? Oh, wait, I forget. Because, you know, also in 2020, we saw this in Antrim. We saw this in Georgia. We saw this in Colorado. Antrim, of course, being Michigan. Same thing. There's some discrepancy that's kind of funny about the ballot count and the numbers. What is going on here, right? Let's see what this report from Estancia News says about the audit. 
Okay, so it was uh, October 20th would have been the day of the audit. This um, article, October 21st, was published. It says, uh, yesterday, the county manager gave her report on the informal audit she led of the 2022 primary election. The results showed the tabulator machines counted 2,000, whoops, pardon me, uh, 2,500. What is going on with you, website? So I was trying to expand this and it's not playing fair. Okay, that does it. We are going into immersive. All right. Uh, the only difference was there were some videos that were embedded on the uh, non-immersive screen, but we're gonna we're gonna watch those videos anyways. So, article. Uh, the results showed the tabulator machines in the Torrance County 2022 primary elections. The machines counted 2,559 votes, while only 2,299 votes were counted through a hand tally of paper ballots. Now, one might not think that's not a huge difference. That would be a very small percentage, right? Or a smaller percentage, I should say than what it could be. The difference between 2,500 and 2,200, about 300, right? You know? Oh, 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 wait. This is not a democracy. This is a constitutional public, and those 300 votes matter, okay? The difference between the machine and actual paper ballots was an outstanding 260 votes. Either hundreds of ballots went missing, or someone did something that altered election returns. So they have this graphic here, hundreds of ballots. Uh, it shows the breakdown ballots canvas, audit ballot count, hand provisional count and difference. And uh, it's broken down into uh, political parties, Democrat, Libertarian, Republican. So they had a difference of negative 32 Democratic votes when they did the audit count versus the hand provisional count versus the ballot canvas. Does that mean they had a surplus of 32 fraudulent unlawful ballots for Democrats? Uh, it says, to recap what we know, voters placed their ballots into tabulators which printed tapes after the polls closed. These tapes are public record belonging to Torrance County. The tabulator tapes were provided to the county clerk who aggregated the totals from those tapes into the Canvas report. The Canvas report is also a public record. The county clerk presented the Canvas report to the Board of Commission, which acted in their role at the time as Board of Canvas. The board compared the canvas report to the tabulator tapes to ensure they both matched prior to approving the canvas. The audit conducted by the county manager sought to add up or tally all votes cast by ballot and then compare those totals to the canvas report. Some parties and candidates saw enormous differences between the number of votes tallied from the ballots and the totals presented in the canvas report. Some candidates and parties saw less of a difference. 
Stranger still, some vote tallies were almost identical to the Canvas report. The county manager explained in her presentation to the commission that the difference between hand tallies and Canvas report totals did not affect the final outcome of any local races. However, the matter of altered election returns or missing ballots remains unsolved. Without a proper investigation, the county manager's extensive audit alone will not apprehend whomever is responsible. Interesting, huh? Very interesting. So it says here, uh, tampering with public records. Tampering with public records. I think the article is trying to lay out what avenues of what on earth could have happened here. Limited explanations exist for the difference uncovered by the county manager's audit, and any one of them alone is cause for concern. Following are possible explanations which should be explored. One, hundreds of voter ballots, public records belonging to Torrance County were taken or destroyed. Two, the tabulators produced tapes, also county records, containing fabricated results contrary to the votes on the ballots they were intended to count. And three, the tabulator tapes were altered after the fact. And four, these no good damn rotten machines are unreliable. But that one's kind of easy, right? Which one of the three do you think it is, guys? Do you think it is that um, hundreds of voter ballots and public records were taken or destroyed? Do you think it's uh, tabulators produced tapes that fabricated the results? Or do you think that the tabulator tapes were altered after the fact? Enter your number in now. Is it number one, two, or three? And we'll get to general consensus, maybe. I think it was all three of them. Ha! Well, actually, maybe in the case of Harris County, Texas, it was all three of them. Uh, yeah, Alina Hidalgo is really running cover for them, guys. If the tabulator tapes were altered or their totals otherwise fabricated, such actions amount to tampering with public records. New Mexico Statute 30-26-1. Some residents of Torrance County are voicing concern. The same exact machines already in use this election were also used during the 2022 primaries where they allege tampering with product uh, public records occurred. They question why the machines have not been impounded and forensically searched. They ask why the removable storage devices used by the tabulators were all returned, I'm sorry, were all turned over to the sheriff's office as evidence, but the tabulator machines themselves have not been turned over as well. Despite the county manager's findings, the county attorney advised the commission not enough evidence was found to take immediate action. Keep in mind, this is the same county attorney who is working alongside Secretary of Snakes, Maggie Toulouse-Oliver, and did everything within his legal ability to derail the uh, Otero County Forensic Audit. Now. Getting back to the article, 
Some residents speculate the county commission fears reprisals from state officials, which is often the route that they go. Recall Otero County. This speculation is driven by the public's memory of the commission buckling in the pressure in the presence of the now embattled state senator, Daniel Ivy Soto, then chairman of the Senate Rules Committee. Daniel Ivy Soto made a curious visit to speak to the commission of their legal obligation to approve the election canvas at that time. Who will visit next? Who will visit next from the state if the commissioners fail to tow the establishment line? Think about Otero County. We know who comes next. We know who comes next. Some residents are questioning the county's motives for turning over some, but not all, evidence. For the next couple of weeks, the public will be expected to continue using the tabulator machines implicated in possible record tampering. Given the provision in statute for hand tallies to be conducted in lieu of using voting machines, here, here, and here, and where circumstances demand, why were the machines not impounded to prevent the contamination of forensic evidence? What assurance can be given to the public that the current election will be any less accurate? Craziness, right, guys? Craziness. Oh, wait, you know what? I apologize. We were not done yet. The article goes on to say, were this a homicide case without a known perpetrator, would the same logic apply? Let's take, for example, a body found with stab wounds in a hotel room by a new guest checking into the room. Would the guest be expected to stay in the same room as an active crime scene? Even if a portion of the readily apparent evidence was collected, would not we also expect the forensic evidence to be collected? No matter what the delay and inconvenience to the new guest Oh, you should probably apply that towards the people who cleaned up the wreckage of the terrorist attack on 9-11. Imagine if while removing the steel structures, uh, sorry, removing the body, police acknowledged to the guests that the perpetrator might have a key to the room since there was no forced entry. This is serious, police might say. We don't want to interrupt your stay, though. Maybe we can just return to gather evidence and consider looking for the perpetrator after your stay. Even if the guest agreed to sleep in the room where the body was just found, what of the integrity of any uncollected evidence? Would not the guest risk contaminating it? Of course, we are not talking about murder. We're just talking about the death of our way of living. We're just talking about the death of the Constitution. We're just talking about the end of the Republic. But we are still talking about a possible felony if tampering with, with public records occurred. Public safety is considered during an open homicide investigation. What consideration is given to protect public records? Asks Estancia News. If the penalty for tampering with public records is a felony, should it not be treated as such? And to be fair, you could not ask the Texas House legislators upper and lower about that one, because after all, 
They tried to snooker Texans with their election integrity bill that uh, basically decriminalized election fraud. Um, let's check out some of that footage, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, now, this is the county manager who um, resided over the audit. Uh, and let's see, actually, what clip are we playing first? Oh, the clip is called Would Not Have Discovered Any of These Anomalies. I chose, I think, about, I think, three clips or four clips, maybe, of the seven or eight of them that exist. I know there's more juice in this proceeding. You just got to know what you're looking for. Uh, but what they have provided, good stuff. Let's check it out. So whenever I have Canvas here, this also means the number of ballots that go through the tabulators. So I wanted to make sure that the public is aware of what that means and that the information, every bit of it that was presented to the commission is part to certify the canvas. I double checked all of that. And on face value, this commission with what you were presented would not have discovered any of these anomalies. So you would have no way to know what I'm presenting with the libertarian ballots and also with what happens or what I'm finding with the Republican Party ballots. Quick point of clarification, looking at your data here, when you're showing the difference, you had some negatives and positives. For example, what we're seeing, the difference of a positive seven, what does that represent? That means that there are more votes shown in the canvas than we have in the hand tally. And whenever you're looking at the ballots cast, the difference there also is the same. We're showing that the tabulator shows, for the Libertarian Party in particular, that there were 28 ballots that were cast that were went through the tabulator machines. And we show only copies of 10 plus the other hand tallies that we don't have access to for a total of 15. So we have 15, or be, we are unable to account for eight of those ballots, is what I'm saying, if it's positive. If it's negative, then that means that we have more copies than what the actual paper ballots were. Okay. Understood. Thank you. I appreciate the question. So going to, let's start with Bedoni. Uh, Karen, Yvette Bedoni, we have a total of nine they canvas shows a total of 16. There's a difference of seven for a percent of 43.75% difference. Again, smaller numbers, the percentages are going to be higher. Ginger G. Grider, this is write-in candidate. Since there's a write-in candidate, I would have been surprised if we would have had any of the hand tally, uh, any of our copies show up in this because that should have been kicked off into another bin. And it was. So that shows two of her write-in votes were part of the hand and provisional tally, uh, ballots. And the canvas shows two, so that one checked out. Travis Steven Sanchez, he had a total of eight votes. As far as what we can calculate, the canvas shows 18 for a difference of 10 votes. So we cannot account for 10 of those votes. Robert, Jason... Valencourt, he did not have any ballots with us as far as the copies we received, but the canvas showed he had two hand tally or provisional. 
So it matches up to the canvas and shows a 0% there. The next one is also writing candidate, Sophie Cooper. And so those also would not have been with the copies that we have. And it shows that she had th uh, three provisional or hand tally and it matches with the canvas. There's a 0% difference there. Stephen Curtis, Stephen P. Curtis. We account for six ballots, the canvas, I mean, six uh, votes, the canvas. You see what I mean by the way that they cut and clipped out these, uh, these little videos. So uh, and there's more information. So you, you see what I was saying, like their canvas, the, there was a mismatch between the hand count and the machine basically. Uh, but they, they, they did everything incorporating also the canvas and, and all that other sp speculation and not speculation, um, specifications, excuse me, um, for these discrepancies. If they were in the negative, they had an overabundance of uh, ballots. And if they were in the positive, they were negative, those numbers. So um, that was one of the video clips, like I said, that, that just goes to show that part of the discrepancy discovered in their, um, their county. Okay, uh, next uh, clip is regarding the vote tabulators. Uh, so uh, let's check it out. Tabulators. So I thought I'd take a, a deeper dive into this and compare what the tabulator, the voting machines, show as a result and comparing them to the voting list that I have. And... For those that don't know, even though you vote by absentee ballot, those ballots are fed through the ballot tabulators. So that form and the early voting and the in-person all are fed through the voting machines. So that's all the results that I have here. And when I compare those, it shows that there are the 2,559 <coughs> votes that were accounted for through the machines. In early voting, it's broken down by parties. So I know you can't see it on the left-hand side where it shows totals right below the blue color there. And it says totals, Democrat, Libertarian, Republican, and then grand, basically a grand total. That is early voting. So now I'm talking about early voting for a moment. The tabulator shows a grand total of, in early voting, they had 701 ballots. And the voter list that I received for early voting had 618 ballot, uh, voters for a difference of 83. And as I spoke with the deputy clerk about this, I found out that that is a live document. <coughs> So as she prints it out, if somebody has moved from one precinct to not, not one precinct, but if they moved out of the county, changed their voter registration and were no longer um, in the county, then that voting record would have moved with them. I would like to see legislation change so that that is a static record that can be accessed um, and not have to worry about whether or not somebody moves and their record of counting, being counted as a voter in our county goes with them. We should have that as a permanent record. 
And if I'm wrong in that, and I received, because uh, I can tell you that our chief deputy clerk has been amazing at providing me as much information as possible. And I, I couldn't have done all of this without her. So I appreciate her work. And I ask her a lot of questions that she, I'm sure, just is get at the place where she doesn't want to see me anymore. <laughs> but I, that's the information I have right now. And if there's some way to get that voter list that is a static voter list, I want it because I want to be able to compare these. But right now I'm missing 83 voters. Over on the right-hand side, this is another issue that I, we come up against. Um, this is per precinct. I have the voter list broken out. So in, vote, in the early voting, in precinct one, we had 65 voters, as an example. And precinct eight, since that was quite an anomaly, we had 10 from precinct eight that voted early. And I, I took the voter lists, all of it, over to our GIS rural addressing, and that's Ruben Gastelum, and bless his heart, there were a lot of people on that list, and I asked him to check every address on the voter list and to let me know if these addresses are valid addresses or if they would be considered a bad address that we don't have. And I found out that in early voting, there were 44 addresses that were considered bad addresses. With that being said, Ruben is very thorough. So he decided that he's gonna go to Google Earth or whatever he means he has. And he found out whether or not there was a structure there. And he didn't report back to me whether or not all these had structures or not. But I can tell you commissioners that we are working to get these on the voter roll, uh, the voter roll, the tax roll. So if they are not a legitimate address. The plot thickens, right? You can tell there's something going on. Now, you, you, what you guys might notice right off the bat is the numbers that we're hearing in this particular election audit are not as egregious. Remember the whole 10 ballots that are unlawful versus the 10,000 that are unlawful? Okay, you take the numbers that we're hearing here. We're hearing a difference. We're missing 83 voters, right? She was talking about the voter rolls, okay? Who's supposed to be doing the voter rolls in New Mexico? Well, apparently New Mexico decided to abscond their duties to the election rigging information center, uh, otherwise more commonly known as the electronic registration information center, uh, and they are not doing their job. So this is just at the county level, right? The discrepancies here we've seen, they were bigger in Otero, right? They were bigger in other states. But should that invalidate them? Should that make it any less important? We have to figure out why. We have to figure out why when certain states vote a certain way and other states vote another way, why it was that way. Because what if it was all of this fraudulent and lawful uh, um, voting, uh, whether it's a ballot or whether it's an electronic ballot, you know, it doesn't matter. It's still unlawful. It still disenfranchises the real voters, you know? Um, this is just at the county level, we can engage and we can, we can get in and do this type of thing. Now you, you hear this lady talking, the county manager, 
And I almost feel bad for her, but not really. I'm actually, you know, I'm elated. I'm glad for her because she actually had the the guts to do it, guys. And uh, can you imagine what must be going through her head? What if she was someone who was like asleep the whole time? Or what if she's like a Democrat, you know, and she is still doing her job per her duties, you know, as county manager. Could you imagine maybe she was going through a whole bunch of like um, our, our moments of denial, our moments of surprise. Uh, she, she may have been going through her own personal um, uh, cognitive dissonance and discombobulation when she looks at the numbers and the numbers don't lie. The math doesn't lie. So you want to figure out what's going on. And I, it doesn't matter if it was 10 ballots, 83 ballots, 1,000 ballots. It doesn't matter. It need, The answer to the question must be found. Because it, it can happen again if it's not taken care of. Look at the elections of 2021. Look at the elections of 2022. If you don't fix it in the first place, it's going to happen again. And it's been happening. It's been happening. That's why, thank goodness, Raja D, that your son has you. And that you understand what's going on with the elections. Raja D over at uh, Pilled Foxhole says, uh, My son votes this year for the first time and asked me to go with him. He said he received an email asking him if he wanted to do an absentee ballot. Uh, they try real hard to keep people from going in person. If I may say so, Miss Rajadi, the first time I ever voted, my candidate lost. Okay, so thank goodness he has someone like you. Uh, just in case we don't get rid of those machines, in a, a week or two, <laughs> just in case things don't go the way that we want them to on November 8th. Thank goodness he has someone like you there <laughs> to explain to him it's the damn machines, right? Because <laughs> you know ain't no voter going to vote for these people that are currently in office, who are currently inhabiting the offices of America. What's up, Revolt84? Oh, that was your answer to my question. All three and the ghost in the machine. No, no kidding, Revolt84. All three of those reasons plus the ghost in the machine. Um, Revolt84 also said, Fuchs was or is involved with the CFR when she was in D.C. Isn't it interesting how these people are all interconnected to the same organizations? Uh, Revolt 84 is talking about Jordan Fuchs, the deputy secretary of state underneath Brad Raffensperger, Bradford Rottenberger over in Georgia. Awesome. 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 Glad you guys are with us. I did not know that about, uh, I did not know that about Jordan Fuchs. If it's true, it does not surprise me. I mean, after all, we got people like Megan Wolf of the Wisconsin Elections Commission, who's also on the board of Eric, right? <laughs> so uh, it doesn't surprise me, these things. I would not be surprised. 
You know, we got Frank LaRose, Secretary of State of Ohio, who's also uh, head of the DHS. He also has a federal hat and he's being flown out to other countries to observe their elections. Why? He's a state representative in the executive branch. He has no, he has no, he has no reason to be working for the federal government and working for the states. You can't wear both hats, bozo. Uh, hello, separation of uh, uh, federal and state. <laughs> I'm like, Frank LaRose is a walking contradiction in terms of the Ninth and Tenth Amendment, ladies and gentlemen, because he works for the federal government for elections, and he also is the Secretary of State in the state of Ohio. Anyways, okay, let's get back to Torrance County, guys, because incidentally, when we're talking about elections, and we're talking about audits, and we're talking about the very instrument that Raja D. Sun will be utilizing for the first time in his life. God bless it. We're talking about the machines. This concern will always come forward. Okay? Now, I want you guys to pay close attention to the next two people that I am going to share with you. The last two clips on Torrance County so we can round off the night, guys. And we'll, we'll round it off with a cherry on top. Okay? These next two citizens, you can call them witnesses. They are speaking at this commissioner's hearing. They are the public. They are the people. They are the voters. Okay? You're going to notice in one, frustration. And in the second one, you're going to notice... A man who's asking a lot of questions. You're going to notice a man who seems to want a lot of things, right? You're going to notice a man who's kind of greedy for information regarding these machines. But it illustrates a very good point. And we'll get to that point as soon as we check out what this first resident of Torrance County, New Mexico, has to say about the machines in his state. Yeah, inhabitant of Torrance County and your local conspiracy factist. Um, <clears throat> I think, um, I don't understand everything that was presented here today and I'm not gonna pretend that I do, but it seems that we have far more numbers that was cast through the machine than we actually have record of. Is that my, is that correct? I would say yes. We That's have, we like have more me. numbers that were canvassed than, than what the machines tabulated versus the ballots we have available to hand count. Okay. That's that's my understanding of what happened today. And so I would say that every American that has voiced concerns about our election process is validated in those concerns from what we're hearing today. And... Um, I don't know how we go about fixing that, but we cannot deny that there's massive problems in our election system and in the processes. And uh, I hope that our Secretary of State, our governor, and people that are in positions of trust understand that um, the death penalty is still valid for treason from what I understand. And that looks like the direction this is headed. And I don't know who's involved in it. I don't know 
the depths of it, but we're starting to learn with the Connex CEO and other things happening that we have some major problems in this country and problems that need to be addressed and need to be fixed. And uh, I'm not saying that's your guys' responsibility to do that. We just have a mess. And I just want to say to my fellow American people, I hope that we can unite together for truth. And I appreciate the efforts that Mrs. Barella has put forth uh, in this endeavor to basically just bring to light the truth. That's all we're asking for. That's all we've ever asked for. We want to know the truth. And as the truth comes to light and manifests that light in the darkness, uh, we're going to start to see some cockroaches scatter. And those cockroaches are both blue and red. Those cockroaches have infested our country. And I hope the American people will stand up and start stamping them out as uh, this stuff comes to light. And I have made this comment before here. I'm not a vigilante. I don't think we ought to just go out and uh, take matters into our hands. Uh, but law and order needs to be restored and justice and judgment and equity need to be restored in this country. And that is what I am advocating for. Uh, but I just want to say thank you, Mrs. Barella, and thank you to many others that have participated in helping. Uh, thank you to the commission for even uh, hearing and allowing this to go about. Um, you didn't handle it in the patriotic fashion that I was hoping for, but uh, uh, you know what? It, it's working out like it's supposed to, I guess, but I appreciate your efforts and your willingness to go forward with this. And many counties are not even allowing their people to do this. And so I am thankful for that. I want to thank uh, uh, Mr. Ryan Penfold for coming out and filming this for us. And uh, no offense to 13 back there, but nobody trusts Mockingbird Media. It's garbage. Um, it's the truth. You know it. I know it. It's propaganda. And uh, your buddy Barack made that legal in this country, from what I understand, back in 2012. And it's being pushed on the people. Uh, but thank you for coming and doing this. Uh, we the people are the news now. Uh, we're going to get the truth out there. And I appreciate everybody's efforts. I appreciate my fellow Torrance County Patriots who have stood up and put their uh, lives and reputations on the line. Thankfully, I don't have one anymore uh, to risk, but they put their effort, they put their lives and livelihoods on the line and money on the line to accomplish some of the things that have been uh, brought forth here. And I want to thank them for doing that. And then many people even across the state and across the country um, who are standing up to try to restore uh, our country for the betterment of our kids and for our future generations. Okay, and that's uh, that's what it's about for me. I don't see a future the way we're going for our kids. And so I just want to say thank you to everybody. Damn, y'all. Damn, y'all. That's me right there. Thankfully, I don't have a reputation anymore to worry about, but everyone else who's doing it, putting their life, their job, their reputation, their name, their family on the line, you sense the frustration, right? That's, 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 that, that would be a Mr. C there, right? I'd be having that emotional moment, right? Talking about treason, you know, talking about restoring the rule of law. You, you, you saw the, you saw what he said to them, right? He says, he says, you know, you guys didn't respond in the patriotic fashion I wanted you to. 
What is the way that we wanted them to do it? They wanted, we wanted the military to drop out of the sky and to arrest them all. And we wanted all of the people who are, who are supposed to be doing their job and, and, and honoring their oath to, to say, stop your evil ways in the face of the deep state, right? And to just uh, put the kibosh on all of them and to be the heroes that we depended on them to be. And he said, you did not handle this in the patriotic way that I wanted you to. But you know what? I guess the system is working the way it's supposed to be working. Because if we do have the right and honorable people in the position, if we just have good people, right? Not people with ulterior motives, not people with self-interest, just people who are genuinely just there to do the best job that they can do with integrity and honor. The system would work, okay? The judicial branch, the executive branch, the legislative branch would all work so well. Could you imagine a world where it's like all positive, like um, where it's all positive or constructive um, disagreements, right? Like in the like like everything that the House and the Senate and the Democrats and the political parties are doing for each other, everything that they're doing is all positive and it all expands the growth of our society but even in disagreements no you want a yellow brick road i want a gold brick road right you know could you imagine a world of positive disagreements uh, it's not this world obviously it's not this world obviously but like the man said apparently the system is working because in their county in their backyard they elected commissioners who could get the job done because they are not bought out to self-interests or other interests they are not without integrity or without honor they're not worried about their title we don't know what's going to happen yet actually in torrance county that tale is yet to be told because maggie toulouse oliver has not duck her freaking claws into that county yet for doing what they did. She did it in Otero. Go ask the commissioner's court in Otero County. Two of them folded. Okay. Not putting a negative frame on the two commissioners that folded under the pressure, but this is what we see in this everyday. This is what we experience in this human experience. It happens, right? And so many individual commissioners in the state of New Mexico stood up, but they're on a panel, right? So one could stand up, but if the other two or three don't, it don't make no bit of difference. And it happened. And we saw it play out in New Mexico on the county level. That's the local level. That's the backyard level. This is what we're learning by sharing these stories. This is what we're gleaning understanding of. And, and they're showing us how to do it. Because we can't be told. And it's good. God bless it. I'm glad they are. I'm glad someone did. It's this way I know how to do it. Because I'm one of those people sometimes that does not raise my hand. And I'm waiting for someone else to raise their hand. Or I'm waiting for someone else to take the initiative. Sometimes I'm guilty of that. Sometimes I'm not. Usually it's on opinions. I'm not guilty of delaying my thoughts, but <laughs> let's get on to this last clip. Now I played that one because you see the frustration. I mean, the man almost broke down in tears, guys. And that's real, right? That was real, right? The frustration is there. It exists, you know, and 
he, I mean, they're zeroing in on the machines. I, you know, machines got to go, got to go. There's no way, there's no way unless all of humanity is cured of the cancer of sin. There's no way that those machines can be utilized without question. And the only way that we could continue to use those machines is if we have an undeniable and an unstoppable ability to audit at will, which we have not been given. And this entire situation that we're dealing with today and all of the elections that are getting messed up right now, because right now you have people voting and then you have judges saying, oh, if you voted absentee, it doesn't count. Oh, wait, you can't drop it into the ballot because it's unconstitutional. So it's messing up the sleeping people, right? It's messing up the Democrats. Oh, it's messing up the... Do you, do you get what I'm saying, though? Do you get what I'm saying? It's a bigger picture, guys. The bigger picture is that if it's messing it up for the people who are not even engaged in the theft and the fraud and the steal, they're going to totally just stop voting altogether. Oh, you think that's good, right? No, no. You know, I mean, th th that is the thing about living in the United States of America. Every single point is valid, even if it's wrong. That's why our brave men and women in the armed forces will fight for your right to be a racist, even if they don't agree with it. Because they have their First Amendment. Okay, so even if we do not agree with socialism, communism, fascism, and we know that we won't even play ball with Satanism, Luciferianism, or any of those other dark arts, we still have to we still have to protect a Satanist's First Amendment right. So as long as he's not sacrificing children and drinking their blood, right? We still have to protect the racist First Amendment right. So as long as he's not lynching people and, uh, you know, blowing up uh, Walmarts in El Paso. Okay? Like, that's what, um, that's what America provides for people. So that people can be people. People can be themselves, even if they are an old, crone, racist, bigoted, fascist, sexist, chauvinist, misogynist, Hillary Clinton, America provides them the pathway, the ability to be their own free moral agent, even if they have no morals. And I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. I like it. I love it. I want more of it. And I'm just saying, guys. I am just saying. In the words of the gentleman that just spoke from Torrance County, I am no vigilante, but the rule of law must be restored in this nation. It's the only way, y'all. That is the type of nation we live in. Okay? So um, let's get this next clip queued up, guys. And again, it goes back to the voting machines. It goes back to the voting machines. And this next clip is so important because the pathway forward is being created right now. And it's happening in the court of law. 
the pathway that will totally destroy these damn voting machines is being created in the courts right now. And I just thought it was a great synchronicity that the man we're about to see stood up and he touched he touched right on it, ladies and gentlemen. He touched that magic spot. We'll talk a little bit more about that on the other side. Just check this out. Stephen Garrett, uh, Moriarty, Torrance County. Uh, I have been, as you have known, uh, placing many IPRAs in to get data in order to formulate a conclusion. One of the problems I am having is the source code data, which is to be placed in escrow. We have yet, I have yet to get an IPRA back on that the actual code that is in our ballot tabulators is the code which is held in escrow. There, that is a, a, a standalone pass fail. I, I mentioned that on the first day of certification. And that is what I have been requesting is the actual source, a, a, a verification that the source code in escrow is the code which is operating in the tabulators. There are many versions of this code. It, they have been patched in order to function within the tabulators. There is a, a letter which uh, I believe I presented to you, Ms. Barella, showing that in Maggie's own words, there is question what source code, it, because it is, Dominion's, um, it is Dominion's responsibility that the correct source code be placed in escrow per tabulator. And I would ask that if there is any way that that IPRA request can be fulfilled, I, uh, that the correct data is, is in, that would be uh, a very huge point of going to the operation of the actual tabulator. Because that is a pass fail. If the source code is not correct in escrow, then that tabulator data cannot be used. It's an automatic fail on certification. Uh, and I have yet to receive anything from the Secretary of State's office. I get the clerk's office here. They did not even recognize the verbiage. And I believe I provided you a copy of that IPRA where it actually stated they did not recognize the verbiage or the Secretary of State's office did not recognize the verbiage either of source code or escrow. That is, that is a, a big thing because that comes down to the very fact of that, that tabulator even being able to be certified. And it should be amongst the points for the clerk's office to have the Secretary of State's office verify to the clerk's office that that data is correct and that it is and give them proof because it is a certification check mark that needs to be checked. Um, the other, the only other thing, and I mentioned to uh, Commissioner McCall, one of the things that I'd be very interested to know is, is an audit between data card one and data card two per tabulator, that those actually match. 
because one is left in the tabulator or in in the tabulator and the other one is removed so your anomalies in your totals are they being transmitted onto card two which is being placed back into the machine i did spend two and a half hours with a former dominion employee uh on on the possibility of a contaminated card two being placed back into the machine can it corrupt data card one so that these are these are questions for which i have also went to the hackers association that they used to hold hackers conventions in las vegas and specifically they like to pick on dominion machines uh so i'm going to them to find out is there a way of manipulating the card data even though it's zip tied into the tabulator these are questions that i let me tell you what in the case of es and s machines absolutely through a thumb drive they could insert malware and they did and the eac allowed them to do it the election assistance commission so you guys caught all of that so source code ladies and gentlemen source code this guy went right to the root okay source code let's talk about that for a minute let's talk about the source code of the voting machines now think about those voting machines guys those damn dominion voting machines stole our elections they flipped our votes those damn machines do you know why the machines did it? Did you know that the Dominion machines got together with the ESNS machines and they got together with the Heart Intercivic machines and they said, you know what? We uh we 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 like to kill babies in the womb. The machine said we like to kill babies in the womb. We hate guns. We want to take them away from the people, the machine said. The mean the machine said we don't like guns. Let's get rid of them from the people. We'll take it from them. And then the machine said not only do we like to kill babies in the womb, but we also like to groom and molest our children. That's what the machine said. And then the machines made sure that Democrats won from that point forward. Does that make any sense? How do we think about guns and gun violence? Is it the gun that says, I hate all these black people, I'm going to go shoot them? No. Duh, obviously, right, Mr. C? What, are you having like an aneurysm or something? <laughs> Not at all. It is the individual who wields that gun that makes that choice. Much like with these voting machines, which is why I said earlier, we could use them if humans had integrity. We could use them if there was a process that would not bar or otherwise stretch out the time period to investigate or actually audit our elections and machines? If there was a path, we could do it, but we can't because there's not. Because we have humans who have no integrity and no honor who have been complicit in these schemes, not to be so specific, right? So the same thing as with guns, as with machines, the machines did not decide that they hate conservatives.
The machines did not decide that they cannot stand the idea of the United States of America and what it means for the people of this planet. The machines did not do that. But the source code, the source code, yeah, the machines were made and manufactured, the hardware put together by hands and, uh, or, or well, actually, I don't know that they were put together by hands, but I could assess, <laughs> were they made in China? <laughs> Anyways, um, but the IP, the intellectual property, the source code, the, 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 the 10111010111 computer type, crypto uh, was it cryptography or whatever it's called, that stuff. Okay, that's where you go because the machines don't steal elections. The machines are programmed by someone to do what they want them to do. Uh, Hari Hursty showed us plenty of times, okay? And then he gaslit New Hampshire and everyone believed him, which is sad, okay? Because even then I was telling him all about his little documentary and his little working with the United Nations and uh, observing. You know what? I bet you Hari Hursty and LaRose probably hung out. Like, Hari Hursty was also an, an election observer, okay? An international one. Actually, he led the team also. So um, getting back on focus, getting back on track, the source code, guys. So this, this individual here, this man who's speaking is talking about, we need to examine the source code. What has been the situation that we have seen every time we try to make an advance? And I will say specifically with Dominion voting systems in comparison to ESNS and Heart InterCivic. Dominion for some reason is like has this huge shroud of protection around it, which I think the reason why there's so much emphasis put on Dominion voting machines is so that not only are they using Dominion to put a chilling effect on everyone that wants election integrity, they're also uh, uh, they're also pacifying everyone that needs a boogeyman so that instead of recognizing that it's every machine that is vulnerable and not just Dominion, we're focused on Dominion because that's where everyone else is. So for the people who want election integrity, Dominion serves the purpose, okay, of, uh, of uh, giving us something to fight for and uh, giving us something to celebrate. And those who don't even care about election integrity, they think that we're taken care of because Dominion is being isolated and taken out of the picture. But we can still use the rest of those voting machines. Why do you think Texas, why do you think Texas denied Dominion in our state to pacify and bamboozle the rest of us into believing that as long as we don't have Dominion, we're okay in Texas? Let's not uh, even pay attention to the fact that ESNS and Heart InterCivic, which we use in my state, are both highly vulnerable. One of them breaks the law just in its standard function, and the other one should never have been certified. But wait, none of them should have been certified because none of the certifying agents were accredited to do so for not just that time period, but multiple years. You can't do it retroactively. And that's not to mention all the other 
shenanigans that were allowed to happen to get ESNS and Hartinger Civic into Texas. But Texans can be can rest assured because Dominion is not in Texas. And that's the scheme. Do you see G okay? 4D, 5D chess. Okay. The president just told you 4D chess. Was he just throwing you a bone? Was he just trying to make you feel good because you just suffered a loss at the hands of uh, the Washington, D.C. court system? Or was he telling you everything is 4 and 5D chess? You think it's the first reasonable explanation? No! There's four more or five more steps ahead of you. And that's where we are. They put Dominion on the chopping block. It served as a chilling effect against every person who was seeking election integrity because they had the media to back them up. And it pacified all of the people who were not having dominion in their state so that they could trust other election machines. As long as it was not dominion, we can trust it. Texas, wake the hell up. Texans have woken up. Because I could not tell you and share this information with you if Texans had not already done the homework. There are lawsuits. ESNS and Heart InterCivic, they are being called out. The only resolution to this time in our nation's history is the complete abolishment of using electronic voting machines. And that is it. That's it. There's no other solution other than returning to paper ballots. And if you want to find some high-tech 1800s way of counting ballots, then do it. But digital machines, because you know how they're passing it. You know how the mainstream, lamestream, shamestream, mockingbird, propaganda, legacy press is, is covering their tracks, right? We, we, I showed you guys an article yesterday about how they're covering their tracks. Oh, we always said that these machines could not connect to the internet, but did you ever hear about something called a modem? Politico? Who do you think we are? I mean, more than half of the people alive grew up in the age of the modem. Do you remember the dial-up? Apparently, Politico thinks that their audience has forgotten about it, but that is a legacy news outlet that is going to be screaming for its life when the world, the Americans, realize how complicit these news media agencies, if you want to call them that, were in the grand scheme of things. Can you really blame the press? Can you really blame the institution of journalism and the press? No, you can't really blame the institution. Has the institution been hijacked and corrupted? Yes, it has. Uh, the uh, gentleman from Torrance County, New Mexico, referenced the Frank Muntz Act of 2012, which Barack Obama... As he stated, 100%, this is fact. You can go back and read it. The NDAA 2012 Frank Muntz Act was totally removed. I mean, propaganda reigns supreme, ladies and gentlemen, on the shores of America. And I know this audience knows it. For anyone who has not been privy to this information, welcome to your real America. 
So, ladies and gentlemen, with that said, the final speaker I shared with you guys tonight for this... You see why this is so important? Some people would say... Um, going after the ballots, going after forensic audit is a waste of time. You know why? Because some people want things done quick. And some people have the insights and the wisdom to see the pathway on how to get you from point A to point B without the headaches. Unfortunately, most of us do not listen to people like that. What do we do to Jesus Christ, right? Okay. You know, we don't listen to the people who know better for us. For some reason, right? I don't know what it is, but we don't. But, ladies and gentlemen, that should not invalidate the path that we did take forward. Because, yeah, lawfare and litigation takes forever. And that was the entire point, I'm sure of it, once the deep state knew how to exploit it. And they knew how to exploit it before this nation put its first peg in the ground. They already knew what to do, okay? But the path that we have chosen through every single audit that we have shared, through every single hearing that we have observed, how many times have you heard someone come to a podium and speak succinctly, concisely, and with total clarity on the specific standalone subject about being able to access the source code of these voting machines so that we can find out what they programmed. We're not going to find out who programmed it, but we're going to find out what they programmed. We're going to find out how they programmed it. And more importantly, we're going to find out how that machine counts our vote. And if there is one provision that most states give in their election law, it is that the candidates have the right to observe and inspect the count of the vote. We're modernizing these machines and our SOPs if they want to keep them. Like I said, you want to keep your machines? You need to make sure there's a damn near undestructible path forward for us to audit. No questions asked. Like, there's not going to be none of this months and weeks delay. There's not going to be any of this lawfare. There's not going to be any TROs. There's not going to be any appeals. There's not going to be nothing. If you want to use those machines, then you need to stand aside when we ask for an audit. No, no, no courts, no legislators, no nonprofits, no messiahs, no cult of, uh, of, 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 of uh, um, imagination. If you want to use those machines, if we ask for an audit, it's green light the whole way through. All the paperwork we need is coming to us. All of the information requests we need are coming to us. Every single record that's on the book that you can find, even if it's not officially in the state law, green light. That's the only way I will make peace with those machines, personally. Otherwise, get rid of them. We can't trust them because we can't trust some of our brothers and sisters, unfortunately, but that is the case.
Okay, so what my point was, guys, is that in the dozens of election hearings and the, uh, the, the, the multiples of audits that we've observed, we haven't had someone cue into the, it's like the, uh, how do you put it, guys? Like, this is like the cream in the Twinkie. I mean, that's terrible. Who am I? Stacey Abrams, right? <laughs> It's the cream of the Twinkie, what we're looking for here. Man, like a, a mission of for Stacey Abrams, Stanky Abrams. This is, this is, the source code is exactly the life essence that we as Americans need to understand what's happening in those machines. Now, what did this man also say? This man said that the source code for the Dominion machines are in escrow. Do you guys realize that as much as a pedestal that everyone puts voting machines on, particularly Dominion, that uh, as much as we put them on a pedestal, Dominion, 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 they have been protected. Now, this is not Dominion's doing. This is, these are the people, these are the external forces, the owners, the people around Dominion and all voting machines, really. But Dominion is on the spotlight so that we don't think about the other ones that are doing the same thing that Dominion does, right? The Dominion's the fall man for the rest of the voting machines, basically. But are we allowed to access source code? Are we allowed to audit the machines? Are we allowed to even touch the machines? What happens when we say we're going to audit those machines, we're going to touch those machines? You get idiots like the acting, the former acting secretary of the Commonwealth, uh, Veronica de Graffenreid, who uh, decertifies all of the machines and then charges the counties uh, millions of dollars to buy more machines. Katie Hobbs did the same thing. Jenna Griswold did the same thing. These are all secretaries of snakes, guys. They did the same damn things. Real bad, guys. Revolt 84, Louisiana kicked out Eric probably a few weeks, if not more than a month ago, but awesome. Yes. That's why I was like, uh, it's not 31 states anymore. It's 30 because Louisiana said nay. Anyhow, but you know, the only reason why Louisiana said no to Eric was not because they believe in election integrity. It's because the swamp creature, Rhino, current secretary of snakes, uh, Arduff or something like that. Uh, his his America First challenger was pointing out that he has uh, Louisiana and Eric. So uh, do not be misled. The state of Louisiana is trying to save face more specifically their current secretary of snake because he was called out for having Eric in Louisiana. The man don't give a damn about election integrity. Just saying. All right. Um, so back to this guy in the source code. The source code, guys. So, okay, so what happens when we try and audit Dominion machines? What happens when we try and lay a finger on them? We get rogue secretaries of snakes who are breaking every single law and being totally unconstitutional, which is right on the path to treason, like that guy said. Uh, it seems like the only path forward is treason for these people. We'll stop on the treason point there. But let's move forward. Okay, so with these machines and on that path, guys, Source code. They're protected. What do they tell us? Only the elections assistance, assistance commission can access the machines. Only the unaccredited voting testing system laboratories can touch the machines. That would be pro VNB and SLI compliance. 
who were totally unaccredited during the entire 2017, 18, 19, 20 uh, election seasons. Okay, 18, 19, 20, 17 election seasons. Totally unaccredited. Totally unaccredited, which means their words worth quacha, or to put it in the Nor'eastern term, malarkey. Okay, but when when our grassroots election integrity people, when our America First election integrity Secretary of State candidates want to touch the machines, no, only EAC federal government can do it. Only the voting system testing laboratories can do it. Only Dominion can do it. In fact, how many times have we seen ESNS and Dominion and Heart InterCivic send their own agents in to audit their own machines and their own work? How unethical is that? So for some reason, the voting machines are protected from the hands of the people. For some reason, there are laws that state that we have the right to uh, uh, observe and inspect the count or the election. But when it comes to the machine, since I guess the Constitution didn't put it in there, right? Because for some reason, these idiots need the actual verbiage in a document like the United States Constitution and its Bill of Rights in order to make a decision. That's when your Constitution, your law of your land gets political. Do you see another reason why we shouldn't have political parties? Because you can just tear apart your Constitution. Look at what we just did in America. We almost lost our republic. You can keep it. You can have it if you can keep it. So, the source code. We have the right to observe and inspect the count. For all of you who are paying attention, you know where I'm going with this. It's in the courts now. And I would challenge. And, and not because someone is better than the other one, not because someone's more patriotic than the other one, and, and definitely not because we're trying to embarrass someone or make someone look a certain way. But I would challenge, I would submit to Jim Marchant and to Steve Bannon that every single person who is running on their coalition of secretaries of state need to file lawsuits. They need to do it. Christina Caramo, Audrey Trujillo, uh, Jim Marchant himself. You want to put your money where your mouth is. You need to file lawsuits. Okay. Uh, uh, what's the what, what's what's the what's the uh, what's the name of the Bolo guy? <laughs> Why am I forgetting his name? Mark Fincham. Okay. You need to file lawsuits. A and that's not a put your money where your mouth is. But can you imagine? Can you imagine what your base would do if they found out you actually put your name on a law? Look at what Carrie Lake and Mark Fisham did in Arizona for the machines. Okay, same thing, guys. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. They brought lawfare to the table so that they could exploit the passage of time in order to pull, pull their schemes over us. Because let's not forget... The passage of time, as Kamala Harris so said, is also a great assist for the, uh, the, the evildoer. I mean, time helps all if you know how to use it. But anyways, that's not the point. Getting back to the point. Carrie Lake, Mark Fincham, 
sued the state of Arizona to put a temporary restraining order on the use of voting machines during the 2020 election, 2022 election. More specifically, Tory Meres has in the state of Ohio also filed lawsuits to stop the machines, but more importantly, getting to the point at this late hour, ladies and gentlemen, and closing off the circle on this topic of discussion for tonight. Tory Maris has submitted to the courts of Ohio, which we showed and covered here on the C-Report last week, that if we have the right to observe and inspect the count, that means that we have the right to inspect the way that the machine counts the vote. Because at this point, it's not humans who are doing it. And you can inspect the way humans count, but how do you inspect a machine? But wait, that man, that man who spoke at Torrance County's uh, 2022 primary election audit hearing results said that it's caught in escrow. Now, if you're a layman like me, you gotta wonder what the heck does that mean? Or what could it mean? So I won't pull it on the screen, but uh, definitions of escrow, a bond deed or other document kept in the custody of a third party and taking effect only when a specific condition has been fulfilled. What's that condition? The destruction of America? Then it'll go out of escrow and we can see what the source code says. Is that what you're saying? Now, that's what I'm saying. We've watched dozens of hearings and numerous audits. And it took us until Torrance County for someone to crystallize one of the uh, root points of our consternation, ladies and gentlemen. And the only way we did that was by going on this path, which might not have been the quickest. It might not have been the easiest, but it was by far the most insightful. And so as long as we can hold on to those insights, ladies and gentlemen, and we don't forget them, we can turn it into wisdom, which means we won't let it happen again. It had to be this way. That's why they are still not paying attention to the lack of accreditation of the machines between 2017 and 2020, guys. That's why even though it's blue in the face and it's in lawsuits, and I know all of you guys understand it now, it's still, no one's still moving forward on using that to decertify 2020 when by law, 2020 should be decertified, 2018 should be decertified because none of those machines were certified by an accredited voting system testing laboratory, which is the law of the land. By law, we could, but we still haven't done it yet. Why? Because even though that was the easiest path forward, and it would have gotten rid of all of our headaches without even having to fight about partisanship. We have to be shown. And it had to be this way. Source code. You go to the source. Someone programmed those machines. Maybe after 
we get into the source code. And now we know the path forward. How do you defeat an escrow? How do you get that sealed and sequestered information out of escrow and into the hands of the public where it belongs because we use those damn machines to count our vote. And it is our right to know how those machines count. Thank you, Tory Maris, for submitting that to the court of law and taking these bastards to task the way that they have taken us this entire time. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude today's episode of The Sea Report, episode 400. It came and it went to the next 400. Uh, thanks for being a part of this audience, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy tonight's show. And uh, I'll just say it. Don't stop. Don't give up. Don't relent. Don't surrender. Carry on. And we'll see you tomorrow on the next edition of the sea report let me fix that there <laughs> america first news you guys have a great night okay take care thank you uh for the uh, uh the gold pill support over at pilled and uh, for everyone watching across all networks channels apps and websites i am mr c also known as michael aaron Cossidis, signing out for tonight you guys have a beautiful night and as my dad always used to say at the end of every phone conversation. Be safe and be blessed. And as I say, God bless America, because God knows we need it. Take care till next time, guys. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Let's talk about Georgia. Uh, President Trump truthed about this earlier. Ballot images missing, right? Drop boxes with no video. And Disney's like, well, we don't care about that. We're gonna die on this hill. We're gonna be gay and we're gonna rape our children no matter what you say, because we are Disney. Uh, we don't normally run see in the dark uh, during the week. Uh, for those of you who are wondering, what the heck is this bald band talking about? Uh, you know, multiple broadcasts and shows come here on Mr. CTV channel. Uh, so you've got your C report Monday through Friday in the evening hours, right? And uh, we do see in the dark, which is a late night weekend talk show kind of, you know, broadcast, right? So guys, watch out. We got a swamp creature coming to the screen. So look out now. Look out now. <laughs> oh no, it's wretched Gretchen Whitmer. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The C Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecreport.com. 
At thecreport.com, you can get more information on the Sea Report. Check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week. Join our mailing list and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right. Head on over to thecreport.com. That's www.thecreport.com. And be sure to follow us on our social medias, Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub, and Pill.net. Trump dimension. That's the Trump dimension. He trolled. That's the Trump dimension. He baited. That's that's the Trump dimension. He trolled. That's the Trump dimension. That's the Trump dimension. He trolled. That's the Trump dimension. He baited. I wish I was that smart. That's that's the Trump dimension. It's it's Trump. The plan of Trump. And thus by extension, Trump. Trump just trolled you. But that's okay. It's Trump. The plan of Trump. And thus by extension, Trump. <laughs>